Well, welcome to another Serenity Break. I'm glad you're with me. I'm very happy to be with you as we take a break from our busy day or our, our evening and just take some time to remind ourselves of who we are in Christ. And in this brief little series in these Serenity Breaks, we are discussing what it is to be dead with Christ, in Christ, to, um, to have died with Christ, I should say, uh, to be crucified with Christ. And that it really means that we died. Our Adamic self died at the cross. We were crucified. And so far we've learned an application of that reality, that great reality, that we are dead to sin, we are dead to the self, and we are dead to the world. And in this episode we want to discuss the very controversial topic of being dead to the law. Now, it's controversial only because there are certain theologians that come out primarily of the European church state in its mixed churches of unbelievers and believers because in the European church state, there was uh, uh, no way to really control who was a Christian and who wasn't other than membership in the church. And so a lot of uh, people in the citizens of the state were members also of the church by virtue of their citizenry. And it didn't mean that they were regenerate, didn't mean that they had been born in the spirit, uh, but they were considered Christians because of their baptism and because of the membership in the state church. Well, of course, you can only imagine there was a lot of natural consequences to having a lots of unregenerate people in the church. It was uh, a problem for Luther, it was a problem for Calvin, certainly a problem for Zwingli and all the other reformers that tried to maintain the state church system and still have an actual genuine Christian church, which ultimately failed miserably. And so they found they had to reach back into the old covenant, the old law, and, and try to impose the law in their confessions and in their doctrinal statements and in their teachings to try to constrain the behavior of Christians. And so they developed a whole theology of law, uh, but it's an unbiblical theology. It's a, it's a, it does not, um, su- is not supported in New Testament, New Covenant Christianity. And yet today, even in America, where we don't have an official state church, there are still plenty of theologians and teachers who continue that European tradition by imposing the law upon you especially when it comes to tithing, using Malachi 3 as an example of how they reach back into the Old Covenant and um, impose law on you. Uh, So tithing, Sabbath-keeping, even dietary laws at times. Uh, So it's very important to resist that. And it's it's important to resist it because in Christ you have died to the law. When you were crucified with Christ, you died to the law. Uh, you, wouldn't, you wouldn't look at a corpse and ask that corpse to keep the Ten Commandments. And uh, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, we have been risen with Christ, so we have new life, but we have new life as a new creation under a new covenant, living in the power of the Spirit and not under the power and constraint of the law. So we, we are law fulfillers today because we walk by the Spirit. And there's a big difference between being a law keeper or a law observer and a law fulfiller. Because the Spirit's life in us, working in us, 
to, to conform us into the image of Christ, we are by nature now, by virtue of our union with Christ, law fulfillers. But, so, to continue to, to try to relate to God on the basis of law at any point in the Christian life is another gospel. It's everything that Paul wrote against so emphatically and cursed twice in his letter to the Galatians and throughout his epistles at some point or another. So, let me put it this way. You belong to Christ as a bride belongs to her groom. And for you to try to live the Christian life on the basis of law, at any point, you are obligated to keep the whole law. And worse than that, to try to live and relate to God on the basis of law, while professing to be a Christian, is spiritual adultery. Let me read to you the text behind my statement. That's Romans chapter 7, beginning with verse 1 through uh, 6. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives? There you go. For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her, her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another. So, my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ. Very important now, that you might belong to another to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. This is a very important analogy that Paul is drawing here. Uh, we are, as the groom, the body of Christ, we are the bride of Christ. Uh, we uh, belong to the groom. And Paul is saying very clearly here that to attempt to live by law, we are committing spiritual adultery against our groom, Jesus Christ. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. Living by the law will only bear fruit for death. There is no sanctification by law. If that, was, if that were the case, we would have, Christ would have died in vain. No, no, we, we have died to the law, and there's a very important purpose for that, so that we might belong to another, that is Christ, who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit from God. for God. I know that people who try to impose the law on you, especially the so-called moral law, they divide the civil, ceremonial, and moral law, and they focus primarily on the moral law and the Ten Commandments. They may be well-intended, but it's lethal and it's destructive, and it alienates you from Christ. So let me finish here. But now, verse 8, But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law. Again, here comes a purpose clause. So that we serve in the new way of the Spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. There's nothing wrong with the law of God. There's nothing, there was nothing wrong with the old covenant. 
The law was just and good and holy. The old covenant, however, is obsolete. And God has now, and as Christians, under a new covenant of the spirit of life. We are now law fulfillers through the work of the spirit in us. The law is no longer written on tablets of stone for us, but on our hearts and our minds. And we belong to Christ, with whom we are in union. And therefore, we are dead to the law, so that we might belong to him and bear fruit in our lives for him, after his image, and after his model. Amen.